1: Welcome, everybody, to the Boiler Alert Podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. and Ryan Bonaparte. Ryan, it is game week.
0: Oh, yes, it is. If it f- most certainly is.
1: Finally, finally, after doing these off-season podcasts since mid-March, uh, because that is the last time Purdue basketball played, we, we've gotten all the way uh, through the rest of March, through April, through May, through June, through July and we're finishing up August right now, heading into game week for Purdue football, going to take on Fresno State, but we've already talked about Fresno State earlier in the year, um, earlier in our series here, so tonight what we're going to do is we're going to finish up looking at the basketball roster, and then look at Purdue's final opponent uh, of the football regular season, that is the Indiana Hoosiers, so we'll be finishing those, and then uh, the next episode of the podcast actually going to come out probably a day early. We are recording um, our normal uh, first half of the podcast. Ryan and myself will be talking about the game against Fresno State, giving you our predictions of kind of what we think of this season in general and, of course, our predictions about the game against Fresno State. And then we've also got a uh, special guest is going to be appearing on the pod. Um, might even be two folks, I think. Uh, From a Fresno State podcast, so we're going to go and get a little behind enemy lines with the folks from Fresno State uh, and get an idea of what to expect come the first game coming up this Saturday um, at ross Aid Stadium. So it should be pretty exciting. Absolutely.
0: I mean, we live to please, and we just give content on top of content. That's right.
1: That's right. So, you know, finishing a look at a basketball roster, a football schedule, and then we're going right into – uh, the first game of the season, you know, Ryan already did some great digging into Fresno State that we covered uh, a few weeks back, about a month and a half back, actually, uh, on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So you can go back and listen to that one. Um, but now it's it's the final tune up before we actually get into the regular season. Come Saturday, so that is it's it's an exciting time here at the podcast. I can almost taste it. And and nope. Ryan, I- correct me if, correct me if I'm wrong. You are going to this Fresno State game, right?
0: You are absolutely correct. Would not miss it.
1: That's exciting. You're going to be, this is the 100th season of Ross-Ade Stadium. Uh, It's the first season with the new changes to the south end zone and the additional tunnel. Though the tunnel doesn't really look like it's going to be ready. Um, But, you know, we we go with what we've got. And at least we don't look like, was it Vanderbilt that had that terrible temporary uh, scoreboard this weekend?
0: Yep, Vanderbilt was hanging the scoreboard with a crane.
1: It was just blowing in the wind, which was bizarre. Yep. Just, uh, mm. Vanderbilt always tried to copy off of Purdue uh, as of late. They they added the white stripe back to the helmet. Uh, they got uniforms that look kind of similar, and then they're doing end zone construction. But luckily for Purdue, we've got that great scoreboard in the south end zone. So uh, they right. they couldn't copy that. They've just got that flimsy thing on a crane. Yeah, for now. I yeah, mean, for
0: now. is Vanderbilt an engineering school? Because that tells you all the difference yeah, you need.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, um, before we get into uh, Colvin and IU, um, I wanted to remind folks about the uh, contest that we've got running through Fans First Sports Network, which are our lovely mm-hmm. benefactors. Um, Ryan, uh, we talked about this last week. You're a big fan of the Chicago Bears. They're playing the yes. Packers week one, right? Right. And... How great would it be to go to game one, week one, Packers, Bears, and is it at is it in Chicago or is it Lambeau? It's in Chicago. Okay, in Chicago, so that'd be perfect for you. Well, fans first sports <laughs> network giving away four free tickets to any week one game of your choosing. Up to a total cost of five thousand dollars, which means you can get good seats. I mean, these are not going to be nosebleed corner seats uh, or nosebleed end zone seats. These are going to be something that you can actually, you know, throw some money into um, and get some pretty good seats at your NFL stadium of choice. Week one uh, rules to enter: simple. Go to contest.fansfirstsports.com. All you got to do is fill out the application. Um, that's it. Once you do that, you've been entered to win the four free tickets to any Week One NFL game, um, and then the contest ends September fourth, and they will reach out to the winner via the information in that form. So uh, there's really nothing to lose. You know, you don't have to pay anything; no purchase necessary, as they say in the business. Uh, but you can win four tickets to an NFL game of your choice. And and uh, as Ryan and I said last week when we talked about this, you know, if if you win and you have two extra tickets and you're just like you can't find people to go. Uh, Ryan and I would, would make arrangements to go with you. Yep,
0: absolutely. And I will say, I think we have a lot of Colts listeners just by we're in, mm-hmm. the, you know, that part of Indiana. Colts play at home at Lucas Oil Stadium week one against the Jaguars. So, yeah. and that, that, that see I mean, Trevor Lawrence.
1: You would hope, if you're a Colts fan, you would hope that would be a win for them. Uh, that? But... This Colts team, who knows? Uh, who's going to be playing running back? No one seems to know. Uh, certainly not Jonathan Taylor. But that's a whole other podcast, uh, which you can probably <laughs> find on the first Sports Network. So um, go ahead yeah. and find our Colts affiliate, take a listen. So we're going to go ahead and take our break early. We're going to go ahead, uh, head out to one now, come back, talk about Miles Colvin, and then the game against IU. We'll be right back. And we are back. So... We are talking about Miles Colvin today. He is the last player on the Purdue basketball roster who we have not yet discussed. He, of course, uh, a newcomer to the Purdue basketball program, true freshman. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you are any sort of Purdue fan, you are going to recognize the last name. He is the son of Roosevelt Colvin, former Purdue great, um, and who, of course, went on to star in the NFL, uh, win, I believe, a couple Super Bowls uh, with the... uh, with the New England Patriots, and he is also the brother of Raven Colvin, who is on the Purdue women's volleyball team. So a Purdue family through and through there with the Colvins, and a, a, a lot of pressure for a guy like Miles Colvin to come in with you know a Purdue-famous father and a sister who is becoming Purdue-famous, being a star on the volleyball team, and follow into that school and, and make a name for yourself there's something to be said for taking on that challenge, and that's that's got to be tough.
0: Yeah, that that is true. There is a lot of pressure. I think we saw that most recently with uh, kind of Jaden Ivy. I mean, obviously, Neil Ivy didn't coach or play at Purdue, but she had that reputation of being a superstar parent. Yeah. So, I think that. Is really the closest that we've seen recently. I mean, this Purdue team has three or four different players whose uh, parents were on a Purdue team. Yeah. I mean, you've got Conzo Martin's son, you got uh, Brian Waddell, and just there's, it's, we're in that uh, era now where parents, their kids are going to school. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, we remember from yeah. those years. Yeah, it's not like you know six generations ago. Yeah, I had a great grandparent who played Purdue basketball in the fifties. No, it's like we remember both now.
1: Yeah, it's it's really it's the epitome of that Saving Private Ryan gif where you know he's at the he's standing there and then suddenly they shift back to the Arlington Cemetery and he becomes old. That is how I feel when you see you know children of the players that i watched growing up are now on the team and you're like oh am i old now of course this doesn't apply to you ryan because you were you were born in the 2010s or something outrageous yeah. mm-hmm. uh so i don't like to talk about that but yeah um you know miles colvin comes in uh he went to heritage christian listed at six five two hundred pounds on the Purdue sports website um Obviously, he had a really, really solid high school career. Uh, he was ranked 51st by rivals, 58 by 247. He had offers mm-hmm. from IU and Butler, among others, and he committed early in the process, so he didn't really get the whole uh, recruiting situation to see who else would offer. Obviously, with IU, Butler, and Purdue, those are you know three of your four big-name state schools, so he was obviously mm-hmm. going to get, um, get some some pretty big names to come after him. But given his connection to Purdue, his family connection, he, he committed early and shut all that down. So we'll never know exactly who he was going to have um, that, that truly was going to make an offer. But obviously, um, we're, we're very excited to have him. But we, we have no games for Colvin in a Purdue uniform that have counted. You know, he did go to Europe with the team. Uh, due to a passport snafu of some kind, my guess is he left it somewhere. Uh, I'm not real sure. He only played in three of the four games over in Europe. Uh, His stats, he was 13 of 22 from the field. He was a a fantastic 8 of 12 from three, 5 of 5 at the free throw line, total of nine rebounds, one assist, two turnovers, and a steal. So, um, again, we don't have minutes based on these box scores, but, you know, going – going eight for 12 from three and 13 to 22 from the floor is something that, that I will take on this team any day of the week. So Ryan, what do, what do we think we can have expectation wise, realistic expectation wise uh, for miles Colvin? as he comes in.
0: Yeah, I think for miles Colvin, the, the bar's very high for him. Um, he's going to fit in to this system. Um, and it's not gonna be the lo- he's not gonna be in the behind the log jam that is the three, four, and five. Right. Um, so he'll probably be there at the two. Now, um Miles Colvin is probably the most athletic recruit also since Jaden Ivey. Yeah. That yeah, absolutely. Had. I'm not sure Miles has the same, you know, top line speed with the ball as Jaden have not many players in the NBA have that. Right. But uh Colvin just looks fluid with his uh motions and his play and he's just a super athletic player. Um I mean if you're not excited about Miles Colvin, you need to reevaluate. Yeah. So yeah. I,
1: I think you're I think I you're think, absolutely right. Um I wanna highlight one thing you said. I mean calling him fluid I think is 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 spot on if you've seen him play at all I mean he has that same ability you know they're obviously they're different players but when you watch Jaden Ivey a lot of times you didn't really feel like he was moving that fast because he made it look so effortless he made it look so so easy Um, and Miles Colvin definitely has a little bit of that in him where he is just so fluid so smooth everything looks like it just comes in one fluid motion for him and that Everything he does, it's just, it is, I mean, like you said, fluid, smooth, those are the words that come to mind. Um, So I'm really excited to add him to this team because there's no one on this roster right now that does what he does.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I should also mention that another kind of high-level tournament he had been in this summer is the FIBA U19 tournament. Right. Overseas. So... This is, you know, that's some really good competition, too. And he fared well when he got minutes. Um, There were a couple games he just didn't really play very much and couldn't score. But, um, I mean, he has games of 10 points, 8 points, 7 points, another 8-point game in a 7-game stretch. It's pretty good. So, um, you like to see that he can play with competition, um more so than obviously the teams that they played in the Europe tournament yeah. with Purdue. Not always the best teams. Yeah. So FIBA yeah. puts out a little bit better competition that uh more accurately reflects what he would see at Purdue. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, and if you're into this sort of thing, um, he did appear and participate in the Rocket Mortgage High School Slam Dunk Competition that was at the Final Four um, in April. Mm-hmm. He finished second in that event, so uh, so close okay. to a victory, so he's obviously got quite a bit of skill and athleticism uh, taking the ball to the hoop, so um, we, we may be in for uh, some highlight dunks uh, from Miles Colvin throughout his career, because... Purdue always seems to have one guy who can really throw it down, and uh, it looks like Miles Colvin might be might be taking that spot on the roster.
0: Yeah, and so my question is, what happens when Roosevelt Colvin has to go to like six games within a week <laughs> between volleyball and basketball?
1: Well, what's I mean, what's going to happen next year when we add, you know, USC, UCLA, Washington, yeah. and Oregon, and we've got you know the volleyball team's going to play Oregon and the basketball team's playing like Ball State or something, you know. What what are they going to do then? Uh yeah. that that's going to be a logistical nightmare for uh Roosevelt Colvin and his wife who uh the internet tells me is named Oh gosh, I just had it. Just had it. Um <laughs> it's gone. It's it's absolutely vanished. Um but uh oh, there we go. Tiffany. Tiffany Colvin. Um Okay. So, yeah, that's going to be a logistical nightmare for them. So I, I'm not looking forward to it. That's why, That's why, listeners, you only have one kid like I did, and you just get to follow one kid around when he gets old enough. So I don't have to have those problems of one kid has to go here, one kid has to go there. So that's just a little bit of friendly advice. That, okay. Um. So, I mean, as I think you and I both pointed out, Colvin does things that no one on this team does. He's not in that log jam at the three and four and he is going to get a lot of minutes this year, I think, um, assuming that he can keep up on the defensive end. Um, that's always right. a problem for freshmen. It has, it, I'm not speaking ill of Miles Colvin here. It's just a matter of, again, as we've said no, a number of times in this show, you're going from being the number one guy on your team to the vast majority of people you're playing against were the number one guy in their high school. Um, so the talent level is ratcheted up. The intensity is ratcheted up. And you, you've really got to be locked in and focus uh, on the defensive end. And I have no reason to doubt Miles Colvin's ability to do that. But again, he is a true freshman. He just turned 18 um, about two and a half weeks ago. So he is still a young, young basketball player. And transitioning to college can be hard for anyone. Um, but I'm really excited to see what he can bring to this team.
0: Absolutely, and unfortunately, we have to wait a little bit longer for basketball yeah, season. Yeah,
1: yeah, but hey, that's all right. Now, uh, Colvin, as we said, last player on the roster who we're going to talk about. Um, apologies to all the walk-ons, but we just we we don't have enough information uh, about them, and it would just be kind of uh, kind of foolish for us to run our mouths about things we don't have the information about. Um, mm-hmm. So, so we will not be talking about those folks, uh, but we love the walk-ons. Uh, we love everything they bring to the program, uh, the the heart, the effort they put in, and you know, every now and then a walk-on surprises at Purdue, so you just never know. Um, but that is that. That is the entirety of the men's basketball roster uh, of the scholarship roster uh, that we've now talked about. So basketball is kind of be going to be putting away. Uh, from the podcast for a little bit as we do focus more fully on football today as i said we're going to be talking about purdue's last opponent of the 2023 season a familiar opponent an opponent that we love to hate the indiana hoosiers um of course they had yet another rough season last year four and eight Hmm. overall and uh i mean purdue of course played them end of the year and they needed this one to, to go to the Big Ten title game. Purdue wound up with the victory 30-16, to 16, and this one mm-hmm. was in Bloomington, so that means this year IU comes to Purdue. So, uh, Ryan, is there any reason to believe that this IU team is going to be any better than they were last year? Um, Possibly.
0: Uh, so, IU's doing some tricky things this year. They're a- bringing a lot of transfers in.
1: I mean, that's not tricky. Everyone's doing that.
0: Well, yeah. Well, the tricky part is one of those transfers is actually Taven Jackson, a quarterback from Tennessee. Okay.
1: That's respectable. Now, you
0: may know his brother, who is Trace Jackson Davis.
1: Oh, no. Uh,
0: Yes. So, we know what family members he has. Right. I mean, he's... Fighting for the starting quarterback position. They okay. don't really know who the starting quarterback is gonna be quite yet. Who's he um, who's
1: who's he going up against? Is it a returning guy or is it a new guy he's going up against?
0: Um, it is a it's a returning player. So their quarterback room is just so weird. Their the actual person who would be starting towards ACL last season, Dexter Williams. He is, so he's recovering from a torn ACL. And then you have uh, Taven Jackson, who's coming in. And then also you have uh, Brendan Sorsby, who was like the third or fourth string last year. He was a redshirt freshman. So there's really, just their entire quarterback room is whack.
1: Yeah, it sounds like um, it's like the walking wounded and random people coming in from all over the place.
0: Right. So, who
1: knows? And that, that seems to be the,
0: played last year. That seems not to be very the,
1: much. Seems to be the history of IU's football quarterback position these last few years.
0: Yeah, <laughs> how long of a paper do you have?
1: I guess that's true. Fair enough. Fair enough. Continue. Continue.
0: Um, it's it's insane. So their starting quarterback last season for the majority of their games was Connor Bayslack. Um, you know he had. 426 of their 483 passes. So, vast majority of their season. Right. So, he threw for 2,300 yards, 13 touchdowns, 10 interceptions.
1: Ooh, doggy, that's not the good. 10
0: interceptions, not great. Yeah. And then, he did not return to IU. He actually transferred and went to Bowling Green.
1: I'm not even so... sure if that's a step down. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a, it's a lower level conference, but is Bowling Green really that much different from IU in football? Not so sure. I mean,
0: my assumption is he should be able to, uh, excel at Bowling Green. He'll see uh, less talented teams than the Big Ten East. Yeah. So, so, yeah, as I mentioned, their other quarterback, Dexter Williams, who, um, his ACL last season. He's working on coming back, but even when he played in four games, he threw 13 of 38, which Ooh. is
1: 34%. Yowza.
0: 184 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions.
1: Uh, it's it's never good if you have a 1 to 1 uh touchdown to interception ratio.
0: Right. Um but he's more mobile. That's I guess the helping point but how mobile are you really going to be after a torn ACL yeah
1: yeah that's true
0: so that's the quarterback room as for the running backs they uh also lost their main running back in Sean Shivers he was undrafted uh undrafted pick from the Seattle Seahawks so he had just under 600 yards six touchdowns um and then a receiving touchdown as well. So he was, uh, um, he was a running back. So. <laughs> um, their second-string running back, who this year will be the starter, is Josh Henderson. So he's a senior running back. He had just under 400 yards rushing last year. So it was really a one-two punch last season. Uh, four touchdowns. But he also had almost 300 receiving yards, so he's capable of catching a pass. Okay. So. So he yeah, might be a little always, bit of a threat. Nice trade to have out of a running back. Now their third running back, I'm I'm only mentioning him because of something he's very good at, and it's Jalen Lucas. If you recognize that name.
1: I don't think I do.
0: He had a little under 300 rushing yards and two touchdowns last year. Not bad. However. What he excels at is kick return. Okay. So, in 21 kick returns, he had almost 600 yards returned.
1: Okay, that's good.
0: Two of which he took back for touchdowns. And in college football, you don't see that really anymore. No. So, very good kick returner. And this was his freshman year last year. So, he's looking to build even further off of that. Um, He'll be their backup running back. I believe he had a very good game against Purdue when, uh, last season as well. Rushing the ball, I want to say he had like a 70-yard rush at one point. So very quick, small guy, but very, very good uh, kick return.
1: Yeah, he had Jalen Lucas last year, the Purdue IU game, nine attempts, 100 yards, one touchdown, mm-hmm. a, long, a long of 71 yards. Yeah, so good memory there. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. I want to say he got the very first touchdown of the game, and it was a seventy-one yard touchdown. Yeah. Yep. I remember that. Um, and they ran. Um, I mean, they
1: ran for two hundred and fifteen yards on Purdue last year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's because they didn't have anyone who was capable of throwing the ball, apparently. So, um, in terms of the receivers, they're bringing back a couple of them. Their main receiver is Cam Camper, who this guy has battled the injury bug for years. Um, in seven games last year, he had almost 600 yards receiving and two touchdowns. So, you know, a little over half a season, if you extrapolate, he's got a thousand yards. So pretty good. Um, the other guy they're bringing back is Anderson Kobe. He was there really their third or fourth threat, uh, receiving. He had just over 200 yards, uh, receiving and a touchdown,
1: Yeah, I mean, neither of those guys caught a single pass um, in the game against Purdue last year.
0: Yeah, so also another injury bug type. um, Well, not Kobe, but Camper definitely. Um, Their other two main uh, receiving threats last season were Emery Simmons, 400 yards and a touchdown, and A.J. Barner, the tight end, a little under 200 yards and three touchdowns. Both of those guys are transferred. So Simmons went to Utah, Barner went to Michigan. Okay. So, I mean, they're returning some talent, but...
1: <laughs> Doesn't really sound great. like enough.
0: They're not returning their top talent is the issue. And this team put up 23 points a game last season, which is fair. It's respectable. The problem is their defense gave up almost 34 points a game.
1: Yeah, that, that defense my was... My question uh, is,
0: how is Ta- Tom Allen still the head coach? Then?
1: I assume it is just because of the low, low expectations.
0: Mm. Well, we'll see. I mean, ugh, they're, as I said, they brought a lot of transfers in, but I don't know how well that will help them. Right. Just because a lot of these guys are kind of unproven.
1: Well, and before we get to the transfers, and like, you know, I hate IU more than the the average person. So, like, if you're a guy transferring into IU, are you really like a hot commodity? If you're transferring into IU football, I don't know. Seems unlikely, right? Or are you
0: kind of a middle talent guy who's going to a program where you know you'll be a top end, you'll be the
1: star? Right. That's a good point too.
0: So, like I said, we'll see. So some other stats from the offense, um, they averaged 111 rushing yards a game, 217 passing yards a game. So they can move the ball fairly well, 300, you know, almost 330, uh, yards a game. They scored 31 touchdowns. Now here's one of their issues. They allowed 38 sacks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Their offensive line had a, had a rough time left, um, their defense was able to force some turnovers, seven picks, six fumble recoveries. So, you know, they were able to take it away. Um, the problem is you could just do whatever you wanted against this defense. 175 rush yards a game allowed, 274 passing touchdowns wow, that's, passing that yards is a game allowed. Wow, that is
1: allows, a lot of passing yards.
0: Yeah, they allowed 49 touchdowns total. <sighs> um, now... I have to take this with somewhat of a grain of salt just because they have to play every year Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. But at the same time, they also played some clunkers in their non-conference.
1: Oh, they do every like, year. Including
0: an FCS team. So they kind of balance that out.
1: They they play almost every year one of the softest non-conference schedules um, you've ever seen and it's always one of those they just try their goal in their scheduling is let's start the season 3-0 and then hope to god we can find three wins in the Big 10 season so we can get to a bowl game
0: right which are usually Michigan State Rutgers and then one of Maryland and one of the crossover game those are usually the teams they hope to win i guess
1: yeah well yeah. and you know i mean in fairness they've beaten Purdue in, in – and you know, recent memory. So it's it's not as if um, we've completely right. dominated them. I mean, those Hazel years were dark.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes, they were. Um, okay, some special teams. Here we go. Let's uh, get back on this train track. All right. 27 of 27 extra points.
1: Hey, get, can't fault that, yeah.
0: Yep, 14 of 20 field goals. So less, the thing less is... Great. The, I mean, it's not awful. But yeah, I mean, seventy percent Thing is, their though. kicker. Yeah, their kicker did transfer though, so he's now the kicker for Tennessee.
1: Wow, interesting.
0: Yeah, they traded a quarterback yeah. for a kicker. So, yeah.
1: I guess you you, you um, got to think the quarterback is the better deal there.
0: You'd think, but hey, kicker can score a lot of points for you. Yeah, and especially it, if you can't score touchdowns.
1: And it can be very clutch, you know, can be very important given the situations.
0: Right. Right. So, um, their punter is going to return. He is a junior, James Evans, and he got a lot of work last year. I bet. 75 punts. Wow. And he averaged 44.3 a punt.
1: Hey, that's pretty darn good. Yep. I guess, you know, if, if you're a punter you should really go to, like, a bad school. Like, a school that is not known for offense. Because if you're the punter, if you're, like, a really good punter, would you want to go to, like, Alabama or Georgia or Clemson? Probably not, because you're not really going to get a ton of work. You go to a school like IU, though, you're really going to get to showcase that leg.
0: Yeah. See, my thinking is, if you're, like, a coffin corner type guy, you want to go to a good school. Because that's, like, the the skill you'll be uh showing off. Yeah. But if you're I one of the like heavy leg, you know, boot the ball just across the field, go to an awful school.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can go go out there and get five punts, six punts a game.
0: Yeah, exactly. Six punts for, you know, four hundred yards.
1: I mean, hey, it's 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 a way of showcasing your leg and maybe getting drafted, which is hard as a punter. So um it, i I think it's a good strategy.
0: Mm-hmm so, all right, on to our favorite section. All right. Let's do it. So, James Evans averaged 44.3 a punt last season. Okay. I'll give you how many punts it will take to and then you can guess where they're going. Okay. They um it would take 57,474 punts. 57. It is within the US, I should say this time.
1: Okay. Is it from Memorial Stadium to the Rose Bowl. Close. Okay. A little
0: bit more east.
1: More east.
0: Yeah.
1: I can't Once I mean What state over? Vegas? Arizona? It is Arizona. What I'm trying to think of what IU would be Arizona related. I'm probably missing something obvious.
0: I don't know if it's obvious. It's not obvious because um it's just it's it's a piece of trivia you have to know.
1: I don't think I know. I don't think I know. You're going to okay. I want you to hold on. I want you to tell me, but I'm going to be so frustrated if I know.
0: Okay. It is to Arizona Stadium in
1: Tucson. I I'm not getting the connection.
0: That is where the last time IU won a bowl game, that's where <laughs>
1: they won. Okay. All right. Yeah, in I mean, 1991. Is that for real? 1991? Yes. That
0: is the last time they won a bowl game.
1: You were not even alive.
0: Nope. Oh, um, my goodness. And I believe I was f- my older brother was two
1: weeks old. I was five. Yep. Oh, my goodness. So
0: they won 24-0. to zero.
1: Well, I might have been six, I might, depending on when it was in 91.
0: It was, like, December 31st. Okay,
1: so I was six. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is wild. Uh, do, who did they play? Just out of curiosity. Oh, I have it.
0: Um, you, It's in my notes here. i got to scroll to find them.
1: The Copper Bowl. Yes, it's the Copper Bowl. Uh, um, Bill Mallory was the coach. Oh, they beat Baylor.
0: Baylor, that's it. Thank wow. you. Wow.
1: Who yeah. knew? Who knew? I had no so, idea.
0: Since then, I believe IU has lost... I want to say nine straight bowl games.
1: I'm amazed they've been to nine bowl games since then.
0: They've been to three in the Tom Allen uh, era.
1: Which is wild. Just wild. I guess that's why he's still the coach.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, if you're 0-3, you've never won a bowl game I I don't know. I mean, oh, no, the, I'm sorry. They are not 0-9. They're 0-6 since 1991. Okay. Okay.
1: That makes more sense to me. I was like, nine seems like a lot. I mean, for them, mm-hmm. um, you know, even though it's what 32 years, but still, uh, felt like mm-hmm. a lot. So, uh, I know I've I've told the story that on this podcast that I was at the game after Hepner died at IU. When they kicked a field goal to beat Purdue and and become bowl eligible, and that was one of the one of the most miserable sporting experiences I've had in my life because it was just getting you know tons of IU students because I was in the IU student section just flowing by me to go onto the field, and I me and my buddy uh, who was at the game uh, were just standing there while our friend who was an IU student. Rushed the field and we're like we're not moving. <laughs> it was that was one of the most miserable experiences uh ever at a at a sporting event for me. Definitely definitely top two or three in football for sure. Basketball is a whole other animal, but man, uh, that was rough. So uh, I don't you didn't fill me with any sort of dread or fear for this IU football team, Ryan.
0: Mm, no, I, I hadn't planned to <laughs> honestly. <laughs> If, Like I said last time, if Purdue has two cupcakes on their schedule, they are the last two weeks of the season. They are Northwestern and Indiana.
1: Which I guess, I mean, technically that's when you eat your cupcakes is the end of the meal, so uh, it makes sense <laughs> that they'd be right. at the end.
0: Right, exactly. So, um, I've got some defensive guys to go through as well. Um, not much. Like I said, their defense was uh, not great, but... A couple names you might recognize. Uh, Bryant Fitzpatrick, he was one of their DBs. You know, he had uh, an interception, a forced fumble, and 74 tackles. He graduated. Taiwan Mullen is probably the name most people know on the defense. He was their uh, cornerback. He was, you know, their most prolific cornerback. So he's currently a Los Angeles Charger. So he had two picks, and then... One of their two, or both of their two leading sack getters in Dason uh, McCullough and Alfred Bryant, both are gone. One is now in Oklahoma Sooner, and one graduated and did not go into the NFL. So, eight of their 20 sacks are gone right Out there. Out the door. Yep. Now, as I said, they were pretty active in the uh, transfer portal. They have, from my count. One, two, three, four, five. Six of their incoming starters Oh wow! are coming from the transfer portal.
1: Wait, is that only so, on defense or is that offense and defense?
0: On defense alone.
1: Oh, wow. So six of 11. Yes. That's kind of crazy.
0: Mm-hmm. So those are Philip Blit- Blighty Blitty from Texas Tech. He's a defensive lineman. Andre Carter from Western Michigan, defensive lineman. Uh, Jameer Johnson, cornerback from Texas. Jacob Mangum-Farrar, linebacker from Stanford. Stanford always has these players because Purdue (laughs) has a uh, Stanford transfer. He's also got a hyphenated name. It's always Stanford. And then you get guys like Andrew Luck. It's hit or miss.
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: (laughs) Um, And then Nick Toomer. It's not a Toomer.
1: That's a deep cut for all those Arnold fans out there.
0: Hmm. Um. On offense, really, they're expected only to have two starters from the transfer portal. I already mentioned Taven Jackson. For now, he's supposed to be the starter, I guess. Like I said, it's, no one really knows yet. And then DeQuase Carter from Fordham.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Football powerhouse Fordham.
0: Exactly. So he was the star at Fordham, and now he's in IU Hoosier.
1: I think I'd so, rather be. I think I'd rather be a star at Fordham than play football for IU.
0: Yeah, I think so too. But who knows? Um, the, and then the last thing I have, they lost some players too. I kind of went through most of the players they lost that were starters, in Bazlack, Simmons, um, Barner, McCullough, and the kicker Charles Campbell. They also lost Jack Tuttle to Michigan, right. so they have. Right. They lost two of their quarterbacks to the transfer portal. Two remained, one is injured, and there's a transfer coming. Oof. So if you take nothing else out of this, their quarterback room is just like a Jackson Pollock. It's all over.
1: <laughs> See, it's it's only here at the Boiler Alert podcast you can get lovely Jackson Pollock references. Um,
0: right. So exactly. th-
1: this is a podcast for the educated. Mm-hmm. You, you gotta be whip smart to keep up with Ryan and I. Yeah. So I,
0: I mean I got that kindergarten comp it,
1: reference. I'm too, glad. So. I'm glad. Um so I mean IU not exactly gonna be a uh, a murderer's row, we don't believe, uh probably looking at another four and eight season maybe, although um I won't say the name of the betting service. Uh, but they offered me a free bet the other day, just a two dollar free bet, and I threw it down on IU going under three and a half wins, uh, okay. just because you know it's it was free, it cost me nothing, and I would love to just earn a little bit of money uh, on IU having a terrible season. So the oddsmakers have their over under wins at three and a half, so that right. is not looking like a, a productive season for them.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't help one of their non-conference games is against Jeff Brom.
1: Yeah, that's, I don't even, I guess I'm rooting for Jeff Brom in that game. I guess.
0: I mean, you get to play Rutgers, Maryland, and a Mel Tucker-led Michigan State, so
1: there's three winnable games, I guess. I, I wouldn't throw Maryland up there like that so fast. Um, I think they'll be better than IU, but we'll see. I agree, but yeah, I mean yeah, it's definitely one they have a it's definitely one they have a chance in for sure.
0: Right, and oddly enough, thanks to Indiana Purdue won the Big Ten less last year because they beat Illinois.
1: Right, yeah, that was made no sense. Uh
0: they always play that weird first game. It's always the first yeah, game the, of the year.
1: The first game it's, is just such a crapshoot because you just never know.
0: Yeah, because they beat Illinois last year. There was the year they beat Penn State on what I still submit should not have been a touchdown. Ah, yes.
1: Yeah, that was uh, a, that was a wild game. Uh,
0: Tom Allen's really good at getting you going out of the gate.
1: Well, you and know... Then
0: it's all down there.
1: I, I remember his uh, brilliant coaching fire-up speech from last year's Purdue game where he just shout, shouted nonsensical phrases.
0: It just sounded like he was barking. Yeah. Intensity!
1: Ah! And he, I, I don't know. It was just... It's so weird. Uh, just absolutely can't bizarre. Can't spell Tom Allen without L-E-N-O. That's right. And love each... Is it each other or everyone? Each other. Okay. And then they get in fights on the sideline and can't spell Indiana on their jerseys. So, you know... In uh, Indonesia. So... Mm. We expect nothing less for our neighbors to the south. Um, but, regardless... There is one more thing I wanted to bring up uh, before we left the podcast today. It's not IU-related, but um, I saw that the Big Ten is now going to make football coaches put out injury reports uh, before the games. And Jeff
0: Brom would yeah, never.
1: Jeff Brom could never. Um, but I think it's a great idea. Um, it just gives people more clarity on what's going on, and this secrecy just is so dumb. I absolutely right. hated the way that Jeff Brom handled the – um, injuries. You know, Rondale Moore was going to come back anytime, and then he missed like four games, five games, whatever it was, and it's always <laughs> close. Everyone was always close. Everyone was always working through some things, and it was like, just tell me if he's going to play, man. I, I right. just, just, I want to know if I'm going to see this guy play. I want to know what to expect going into the game. It, it's just. I don't know what he thought he was doing, like what kind of edge he thought he was getting, but it just became so frustrated and tired. It was one of the things, honestly, that annoyed me the most about Jeff Brom. so I'm glad the Big Ten is going to be doing that.
0: Yeah, that seems like a very Harbaugh things well. Yeah,
1: that's true. That's true. But,
0: I mean, you can not tell them your starter, but, like, if they're injured, just
1: let them know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of Harbaugh, out the first three games, a self-imposed uh, suspension. I'm sure, and I'm did sure. you did you see Michigan's going to have four head coaches in three games? Cuz
0: it's Michigan and they have to do something different
1: cuz they're they're letting one guy coach half a game and another guy coach the other half of the game and I think their third game of this
0: At this point just suspend them four games. You know? <laughs> like
1: just give everybody an again, opportunity. Like
0: the thing is Michigan again has a cup like Michigan has a harder non-conference schedule than Indiana.
1: Well, again, that tells you all you need to know. That's that's I use mo.
0: Ugh, just absolutely ridiculous. The I don't understand the self-imposed penalties either, especially with this whole holdout from the NCAA over what to do with Jim Harbaugh. At this point, just go to the NFL.
1: Well, he's still hoping that he can win a national title at Michigan and then go to the NFL. Uh, wow. I, I maintain that that is what he's waiting for. He really believes he can win it all this year, uh, and if he can win it, I think he's just going to bolt.
0: I mean, Captain Khaki's got to go I was, somewhere. I was going to say,
1: after he wins at the college football playoff, he's going to uh, take a big thing of milk like he's at the Indy 500, dump it on his khakis, over his head, uh, and then announce his his leaving uh, to the NFL the next day.
0: He's not going to Disney World. He's going to the NFL.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so okay. look look for that if they win the college football playoff this year. So uh, Ryan, anything else before you know our last podcast before the regular season begins?
0: Uh, nope. We got six more days till kickoff.
1: That's right. That's right. So for Ryan and myself, thanks for listening. Boiler up. Hammer down.